Good Friday morning, Four Oaks. Pastor Paul here, October 28th. Wow, this month has flown by. Yes, it's my favorite month of the year, but November is not far behind, so there will be no letdown as we head into the Thanksgiving season. But we are winding up this week of Romans Rewind by finishing up our discussion of Romans 14, 1 through 12. And it's here that Paul is addressing issues of adiaphora or, or matters of opinion or matters of dispute, things that are uh, that Christians disagree on or practices that different Christians observe because of their conscience or what have you that aren't addressed in Scripture or that are unclear in Scripture. And Paul's admonition here is for the strong to bear with the weak by not um, holding them in disdain and for the weak to bear with the strong by not judging them. And we've just been running through a whole host of different cultural um, issues through the grid. Been talking about, of course, what we eat and drink and alcohol, a um, whole host of other things that um, are matters of difference of opinion um, for us, whether it's how to school our children, or what sort of diet we might have, or how we observe the Sabbath day. There's a whole host of things. Now, I want to wind up our discussions today by uh, tackling a question that someone submitted, and it's a good question. It's a it's a hard question, but I think it really gets to the essence of of how challenging it can be to walk these things out. And so, let me paraphrase the question and 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 try to try to jump into it. The basic question is what if we disagree about the the nature of the adiaphora itself or the or those or those matters that are that are in dispute or that are opinions that are that that can that are not irrelevant but um ones that they're they're not material to the gospel or uh orthodoxy or truth what do we do with those things? There are certain things that everyone would agree are matters of opinion, matters of conscience. There are other things that the disagreements occur at the very point of where some think that they are issues of opinion. Others think that they are crystal clear issues from Scripture. And so, for, for example, um, some would think... Um, we, we looked at the issue of alcohol. Most people would see that as an issue of conscience, issue of opinion, but some people believe the scripture teaches quite clearly that the only biblical path to is to abstain. That, that would be an example where there's a disagreement about what, what exactly is a matter of dispute. And this the person who's asking this question is saying, how do we work this out? How do we know when to really confront others and speak into their lives? Is this, are we saying that we can just simply appeal all the time to this matter is an issue of, of just indifference? That's what adiaphora means. Is this a matter of indifference, of opinion? You may disagree with me. That's fine. It's an issue of indifference. Can we appeal to that? Can we use that as sort of, sort of an escape clause? And what I want to encourage us to think about is versus two black and white categories of this is a matter of indifference, this is a matter of crystal clear scriptural teaching that we have a spectrum in mind, okay? 
And there is a spectrum where there are certain things biblically that we would say are absolutely crystal clear that are not matters of indifference. They're not matters of adiaphora, and, and we're not going to argue about them. Whether that's the deity of Christ, the idea that God exists is one being in three persons, Jesus Christ is the only way between God and man, um, that the scriptures are the infallible, um, inspired truth of God. From a Christian Orthodox perspective, these are not matters of dispute. They have been resolved. They are crystal clear from God's word. That Maybe those are on one end of the spectrum. Another end of the spectrum would be things that, that almost anybody universally would agree or matters of indifference, whether it's where or how to educate your children, for example, or what sort of diet to keep, or um, how to, um, I mean, those, those are a couple examples. But as you make your way up that spectrum, or down, and you're meeting closer to the middle, then there becomes issues that are, um, you know, they're not so easily answered by using that category of adiaphora, okay? And so some would say, we talked about the Sabbath, that's not an issue of adiaphora. They would say it's very clear, it's crystal clear, and they would view those who don't participate in the Sabbath as they do as wrong. Now, I don't agree with that, but you have to live consistent with your convictions. But there are other issues, though, that and I'm going to use the issue of same-sex marriage that um, are particularly pertinent today because there are many of those who affirm same-sex marriage who would appeal to this idea of adiaphora, that, that's, that marriage between a man and a woman, that that's one path, but it's not the only path. It's not the only viable path. And if you believe that, that's fine. We're just going to agree to disagree. And to me, that's not an issue of adiaphora. I think it's something that the scripture speaks in a very crystal clear way about it. But what I also want to want to point out is, is those who affirm same-sex marriage, for example, don't believe it's a matter of indifference um, either. If you try to go to a church that's affirming of LGBTQ issues and hold a minority opinion that this is sin and wrong, it's not a matter of indifference at all, is it? No, no, you, that's a place you won't be welcome. You won't be welcome unless you affirm particular um, tenets of that political theological philosophy. And so there, there's sometimes people can hide behind that adiaphora to say, this is something that I believe, um, but we can just agree to disagree, but they really don't mean that, right? And I think that's the case with many um, theological issues. I think progressivism, progressive Christianity, which I don't believe is really a faithful representation of Christianity at all, I believe it's a false gospel, is going to take issues that the church has for all time and all places assumed to be true, whether it's same-sex marriage or the substitutionary atonement of Christ or that there is a literal hell of conscious punishment to take um, the, the, the exclusivity of the gospel, are going to take issues that are clear, that have, been, that have been accepted by the church through its creeds and traditions for hundreds, thousands of years, and then interject to say, no, 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 those are adiaphora. 
we're going to agree to disagree. Um, there can be a variety of opinions and perspectives. And the thing that, that, that protects us against that sort of thinking, and this is really where tradition, okay, and historical theology are very useful for the church. See, as Protestants, we say sola scriptura, which means scripture is our ultimate authority, and that is absolutely true, okay? There has to be a final arbiter of truth. There has to be a, 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 an official authority, something that we can all appeal to. Otherwise, we're just all doing what's right in our own eyes. We're accommodating our theology to meet the cultural moment, et cetera. Where historical theology, but that doesn't mean historical theology and tradition are unimportant. In fact, they're very important when it comes to helping us understand what the scriptures teach. So if we are at a disagreement about what in fact is adiaphora and what is not, then it can be helpful to us to look at the history of the church, to look at the creeds, to look at different segments of church history, to see what the church believed about specific issues at specific times. And when we do this, and when we're careful and thoughtful and read and interpret in community and not have chronological snobbery, but actually value the tradition and perspectives of the past, most of these issues become very clear. So for example, same-sex marriage. There's never been a time in the history of the church until the 21st century or the 20th century in which any group of Christians has said that this is a right, proper way to interpret scripture. Um, now, some would say, well, it doesn't speak about same-sex marriage in the creeds. Well, the creeds speak about those things that were controversial at that time, right? This has never been controversial, really. It's always been a minority report. And so we would look to history and tradition to say, that's how we've understood this issue. It seems the scriptures are clear and the church has affirmed that. We could talk about that in terms of the exclusivity of, of, of the gospel or the deity and humanity of Jesus Christ. We can look at all of those times in the history of the church where they've worked through these issues to see the consensus that's come and to see how long we've affirmed that as a people. This can even help us, okay, and I'm going to pollute the waters a little bit. If you take 1 Corinthians chapter 11, here Paul is talking about head coverings, okay? We don't wear head coverings um, today, um, typically. There's a few Christian sects that do, but most do not. And we say that that is an issue of adiaphora. Well, why? Doesn't it seem that the scriptures are clear on this? Yes, in that particular context, okay? And so when you, when you look at the context of 1 Corinthians 11, what's very clear is that Paul is most interested in maintaining those distinctions that, that differentiated between men and women. And this had to do in that culture with hairstyle and head coverings and such. Well, in different cultures, those maintaining those distinctions between men and women take different forms. But you see that if you were in the church in Corinth and you read that letter from Paul, you could not say head coverings are adiaphora. They're not. They're very the very clear cultural expression of maintaining the difference between men and women. But in our culture, uh, they would be adiaphora because they don't have the same sort of meaning. Now, lest you think we're making that up as we go along, then we look to the history of the church and to say, how has the history of the church um, 
understood this historically. And as we look over the last 2000 years, we can see that this has been very much the uh, traditional teaching of the church that what Paul's driving at is to maintain the difference between the genders and that for every culture, what those things are are going to vary. But there is a universal unchanging principle, but a different application. Once again, historical theology, um, tradition, the creeds, statements of faith, confessions of faith, help us to distinguish what are matters of, um, of indifference and opinion and what are matters that are at the heart of Christian orthodoxy. I know this doesn't change um, the, um, this doesn't answer all the questions here this person submitted. So, so for example, what happens if one person thinks it's adiaphoral, one person thinks it's, it's convictional, um, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of orthodoxy? Well, obviously, discussion is a good thing. And coming to the table and being humble in those discussions is a good thing. But at the end of the day, um, we go with the preponderance of tradition. We go with the preponderance of what the church has, has said about these things in all times and all places. We give each other grace. But ultimately, we have to stand upon our conscience before the Lord that Jesus is our ultimate master. Okay. Hey, that's it for this weekend. Um, this coming Sunday, uh, Romans 14, 13 through the end of the chapter, Pastor Scott's going to be bringing you that uh, passage. It gets really continues this theme of weak and strong brother in a much more specific and applicable way. I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to visit my father. Some of you have asked about my dad, how he's doing. And so he's finished this round of chemo. His scans have come back and seem to be positive that there's been no spread of the cancer. And he's about to undergo his second phase of treatment for his pancreatic cancer, which is radiation. But we're thankful he's doing as well as he's doing. He fills your prayers. Thank you for loving, caring, asking about him. You continue to lift him up, continue to, to pray for my time with him um, this weekend. And look forward to being back with you next week, both here and in the pulpit next Sunday. All right, let's pray. Lord, thanks for this time. Uh, give us your grace to be able to stand upon the truth and to be able to walk that out faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great weekend.